Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Kate Fakaronga mai koe kito tato al horihori kita reo irirangi o Aotearoa. You're with our changing world on RNZ National. I'm Alison Balance, and now. Biofuels are touted as an environmentally friendly alternative to traditional oil and petrol, but depending on how they're produced, they're not always as friendly as they claim. Scion is hoping that wood-based biofuel will be a good alternative, and I'm off to Rotorua to find out more about turning sawdust into liquid fuel. I meet Paul Bennett and Ferranda Miguel to find out what happens in the pyrolysis lab. So we um, heat up wood very quickly to about 450 degrees. It vaporises over about a second uh, to two seconds, and then we capture the vapours. Why are we doing this? Turning this uh, wood into oil, it just makes it uh, a lot easier to move around, for example. So if you have a big pile of uh, sawdust somewhere, you can turn it into this oil and then just move it because it's a liquid. So you can easily put it in a truck and move it around and it's a lot cheaper to transport. Now I see you've got some samples for me on the bench there, yes. so I presume that's the process that it steps through. What do we start with? What do we end up with? So we start with these bottles that we have here. So this is just like a small particles, basically small pieces of wood that we can put into our machine. In this case, this is just normal pine, just normal radiata pine that we have here in New Zealand. So it's chipped up pretty small. Yep, yep, quite quite small. I think normally it's like a couple of mils, something like that. And then add heat. Yes, so basically what we do in this one, we then put it into the machine, into our pyrolysis plant, and as Paul said, it goes up to 450, 500 degrees, and then it evaporates all that wood and then once we have that wood evaporated, we cool it down to room temperature instantly, so we have like quenching, so it's really, really quick cooling, and then it makes this pyrolysis oil, which is the, the next bottle. Actually, if I didn't know that that was something that started off with wood, I'd have said it was something like oil for my lawnmower. Yeah, it's very similar to the oil that you would have uh, at the back of your wood fireplace, for example, but we do it properly. So for each kilogram of wood, we make around 700 grams of this oil. So we make actually a lot of oil per each kilogram of wood. And what can you do with that oil? So you can do a, a whole lot of things. You can burn it directly in a boiler, uh, and that is being done in some parts of the US, for instance. So it's burning pyrolysis oil for heat. Uh, but we're particularly interested in it in terms of trying to convert this pyrolysis oil into to liquids that are more useful, i.e. Um, transportation fuels, diesel and petrol. So how far down the track are you of doing that? Is this pretty early days still? Yes, it is pretty early days. There's um, a lot of technology um, de-risking to do, um, and we have to look at ways of um, upgrading this into oil, and it might be that we need to interface with refineries, for instance, to do that. And the wood that you're planning to use, is this wood that would otherwise not have a use? Oh, uh, we could, 
we could use waste, so the slash that's left in the forest after harvesting. We can use waste from sawmill operations. But in the longer term, if we really want this to be material and make a big contribution to New Zealand, we'd have to look at energy forests and dedicated forests for energy purposes. I imagine there would be difficulties with that slash left behind from the forestry industry, for instance. It's spread all over the hillsides, all over the place. Mm. Whereas your machine, is it a portable thing or is it something that sits in one place and you bring the wood to it? It it, it sits in one place and you bring wood to it. But it's smaller scale than a refinery, for instance, so you could have several of these and feed the uh, oil through to an oil refinery or a, a standalone upgrading plant. Yeah, so it's just different from the concept that we have now, which is one refinery. Like the petroleum industry, you have very one big plant, just uh, a very big one. Well, in this case, you could have multiple of these ones. So if you have like multiple forests, you would just bring one closer to the forest and then just turn that into oil, and then we could bring, for example, that oil up to the refinery. In one of the studies that, that we just finished also, it was called the Biofuels Roadmap, the New Zealand Biofuels Roadmap, uh, it was showing that big areas of interest were Northland, the central North Island, and East Cape. So by having this approach to, to bioenergy, it's a more distributed approach. So it can have good regional opportunities, regional development opportunities. Do you have any other waste products out of it, or does the wood go just to oil? Um, you have gas and that's sort of a gas with an energy content. And you have uh, char as well. And what would typically be done with these in, a, in standalone plants is you would use the char and the gas to provide energy to heat the wood up. You do have a little jar of char there. So it's similar to our charcoal, but small pieces. Yeah. But as Paul said, in, a, in an industrial process, you have wood in, oil out. So all the char and all the gases are used internally to provide all the heat and electricity, so it's a self-sustaining process. So you just put wood in. So what kind of things are you testing? What are the different elements that you're trying to tease out? So there is a couple of things that we are currently researching. One of them is doing some pretreatment on the feedstock itself, so on the wood. So how can we actually, by doing something before the reaction, improve the product at the end? And is that drying it? Do you add things to it? Or? Oh, so one of the things that we do, so uh, the wood when you start has some ash in it. So we do uh, what we call an acid leaching treatment, which removes this ash. And what that happens, so we, we went, for example, the amount of foil that you make could go up from, let's say, 55 to 70%. So it makes a lot more, more oil just by doing this small pretreatment at the beginning. And there are mechanical approaches to pre-treating, so does the particle size affect the, the finished product? What fibre length? Um, you, you can do mechanical milling of wood and change the physical properties, for instance. So you're pretty excited about it? Yeah, pretty excited. This is part of a much bigger programme around bioenergy here at Scion. Um, and, you know, we think bioenergy has a very significant role to play here in New Zealand. It addresses a lot of New Zealand's key challenges and key aspirations going forward. Net zero carbon, for instance, is a big thing. Um, Billion Trees program uh, is significant. All these things play right into the space that bioenergy should occupy going forward. So in New Zealand, we import um, about 8.5 billion litres of of liquids, crude oil and finished products. We have plenty of land available to produce our own liquid fuels, and 
bioenergy is one way of, of doing that. Uh, so converting woody biomass into liquids for vehicles, whether they're road transportation vehicles, rail, ships, or even in the longer term, aeroplanes. One of the criticisms about some of the biofuels that are in use overseas is that land that could be used for growing food, for instance, suddenly we're growing things for biofuels mm. instead, or that we're encouraging forest clearance because countries are growing things for the biofuel industry. Do you think that criticism would hold for this? Uh, I think New Zealand is in a very different situation to other parts of the world. Um, what we're proposing is using woody biomass uh, for biofuel feedstocks, and woody biomass you would tend to grow on lower quality, cheaper land. That is land with a significant slope, and therefore you're not going to be growing any food on that sort of land. And as you say, there is the Billion Tree Project in train anyway. Yes, and a small portion of those trees will be uh, plantation-type forest. You have to then have a product that you can use or you can develop from those trees that you're planting, and bioenergy is one of those products. Is this a fuel that would run an engine on its own, or do you mix it with something else? Uh, The pyrolysis oil you can run in an engine, in a stationary engine, to produce heat and power. Um, And there are hospitals in North America that are using pyrolysis oil now. But to convert it into a liquid fuel for transportation, there is further work to do. One of the places I I recently visited was in the Netherlands, and it's a milk powder facility, so very similar to what we are doing here. So what they did is they uh, changed their gas boiler, they were using natural gas, and instead now they are having one on pyrolysis oil and one on biogas. So they have actually turned all their facilities to renewable energy. So that's something that will be really interesting and something that we could also do here in New Zealand. Also within the bioenergy program here uh, at Scion, we're looking at solid fuels, just replacing coal with wood or looking at ways of, uh, of upgrading wood so that it's a better direct replacement for coal. So what kind of things do you need to do to the wood to make it more useful in that regard? We can pelletise wood. So Um, some people already have wood pellet burners. That's right. So so we're looking at ways of pelletising wood directly from the forest. Uh, We're looking at ways of of making those pellets slightly more uh, similar to coal and coal properties so that they can be a direct replacement for coal. Currently, if you try to blend wood or wood pellets into an existing coal boiler, you could maybe get 10% wood pellets versus 90% coal into that boiler. But if you do go through a process called torrefaction, which is very similar to the process you use to roast coffee beans, if you go through that process and then make pellets out of that torrefied wood, then you can get maybe 90% wood into an existing coal boiler potentially even 100% with some very minor modifications. So this is, for example, the pellets that we are talking. So it just looks like little spaghettis of uh, wood, basically. It looks exactly the same color as as wood. Well, these other ones, you can see that they are uh, a little bit blacker. So it's just a a little bit more similar to coal, basically. It's going towards coal. But in this case, they are blacker, and they burn a lot more similar to coal. So they have a lot more energy than the original wood. So that's why you can actually mix them uh, and basically coal burn them with the coal in a much higher ratio. 
So the key thing about this is you could just use it in existing equipment. You don't need to change the equipment. Exactly. That's right. Changing equipment, changing boilers is very expensive. And a lot of boilers in New Zealand have been in, around for 30, 40, even 50 years in some instances. So they have a long lifetime. Um, and asking an operator to swap out a boiler just to use a new, new fuel is a very expensive choice for them. So if we can offer them a new fuel, then they don't have to change the boilers. Thanks, Paul. That was Paul Bennett, and we also heard from Ferranda Miguel, and they are both at Crown Research Institute, Scion. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast first aired on RNZ National on the 19th of July, 2018. Our webpage is rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. It contains a vast repository of audio, photos, and useful links. You can sign up for our weekly email newsletter there too. You can listen to us on the RNZ app and subscribe to us as a podcast in all the usual places, including Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public and Apple Podcasts on iTunes. RNZ's new show, The Podcast Hour, in which Richard Scott searches out some of the world's best podcasts and chats to the makers, is now up and running. Check it out. We are, as always, RNZ Science on both Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for your company. Bye for now. Moriora. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.